Yeah, it's just every day's a battle. It's just like you wake up, and I'm, I'm, I find myself waking up early and earlier just to be able to get a workout in the morning and then go attack the day. You know, yeah. so yeah, that, yeah, makes 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 total sense. It's tough because you know, as the impact I have when I'm in the market is so positive. Yeah, because everyone wants to talk to the, the you know the co the founder the, the right. guy that started the brewery because it's a more impactful, and I want to do that more. It's just you know, the bigger you get, the more I spend dealing with you know. None of those issues. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know. yeah, you're you're in a, I mean, in a much grander way, you're in a the, uh, the same position that I'm in. Like, there's a there's a thing where you know your your best long term, your best use is to be the heralder of this, and you're the mm -hmm. founder, and you're like the figurehead. You need you need a guy that does all the stuff you don't want to do. Agreed. That's what you need. And it's tough because a size company, we're still in that you know size where it's. You know, you still want to wear multiple hats, but you're you're coming out of it. You're not there yet. Right. And I think a big thing for us was, um, you know, understanding kind of re getting back to what a real baseline is, understanding what we need. Because I went through a long period of time where we were um, trying to push, you know, round peg to a square hole, square hole of people. Right. You know, and you can't force someone to be a manager. And right give them a title and then teach them how to be a manager. Well, no, no, it's, you got to make sure they're a manager first before you give them a title and right. put them in charge of people. So we learned right. the hard way a lot on that. And yeah. that was my own mistake. And I, I think taking a step back and yeah, you know, call it taking one step back for two steps forward right now. Mm -hmm. what we're doing. So we've consolidated a lot going into this year to be first year ever consistent, uh, falling through, executing and not making changes. Nice. And we're, Everything we do now is 12 to 18, 18 months out. So, like I told my team now, it's like by June, I don't have 2024 done, planned test, out. Test. And, you know, everything, it's great to be having conversations. And a lot of it's 100% my fault, too, because I want to do everything. Sure. But the reality is you, you have you to can. take a step back and say, no, what, what, how do you be effective? Yeah. And the, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we're, we're already recording, dude. You're doing great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Both but the model them. is just it's keep it simple you know yeah. it's I, I had a great conversation with um one of the main uh leaders over at one of our wholesaling partners and they said you know it's like corona you know like keep it simple you have so little attention or, or opportunity to get the attention of the sales rep selling the beer or your product uh you want to keep it as simple as possible like yeah. give them two objectives or one objective and just right. do that yeah don't give them six or ten or everything else it is you you Diminishing returns. So uh, taking that approach this year, consolidating our SKU hey, offerings outside our local market, uh, how to be effective, um, is we've seen a lot of success. And I've, I've never been more excited about twenty a year ever with how locked loaded we are this year. So that's it's exciting cool, to see. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm pumped. I'm pumped for you guys. I'm pumped for our community. Really. No, it's just been great. I mean, you know, meeting people like you and just the multiple events I've been to up here with – just a great group of people that just a wealth of knowledge and information. And just, um, you guys, know, we put more effort up in this area, which I'm really excited about. We actually had a great meeting with our wholesaling partner up here last week. Uh, and I have one person that's going to be dedicated up in this area to see what we can do with, with them and, and showing, you know, taking the success we've had locally with a great wholesaling partner and leveraging that up here with another partner, uh, the opportunities there. And we have a great relationship with these guys up here, uh, great people. And, you know, I think giving them support, the support needed, and, and giving it all up here, I think we have a, a lot of potential. And like I told you in the past, that's a big catalyst for brick and mortar up here is that. And um, getting that going is going to be exciting, you know, the wholesaling aspect of it to leverage the brick and mortar. So, Well, I could tell you, man, I mean, from a, from, from Brevard's perspective, I mean, 100%, like, they want 
selfish brewery here. I know it's like, and we need it here. I mean, we just absolutely we are laser here. focused, targeted on this area. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Just, yeah. I don't. I, I, I shouldn't say this, but there's just certain areas I don't focus on. There's certain areas I want to focus on. Yeah. This is definitely it for us. And that's yeah, cool. So much of it's you know you're so the partnership a supplier has with its wholesaler is so important, and people. Right. And I say don't discount that, but don't fully understand that going into it. Right. And that's your number one part. That's your number one customer as yeah. a supplier. And that's you have to remember, remind yourself that your wholesaler is your customer. Yep. And you have to work with them, support them, and you can't rely on them also to build your brand. You need to build your brand and provide them direction on how to uh, and how to support that, you know, kind of direction you're trying to go in. And, um, uh, you know, I think the certain wholesalers uh, are more effective than others we've come across and mm-hmm. the guys up here I think have a lot of potential to really mirror what we've done in our local market cool up to this area and if we can do that honestly from Palm Beach up to you know Brevard man I mean you know fish where the fish are that's where the fish are biting <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean yeah yeah simple. yeah well, 100% sorry I was kind of rambling there but no yeah. no it's great no, no it's... that's that's the intro right there Dave <laughs> <laughs> we got it <laughs> fish hey, where the fish are hey. Ob- Ob's Whoop, is, uh, oops sorry oh no you're good man I almost the, knocked that over the uh that's looking focused. Good. More on that. All right. I'm gonna. I'm gonna really quick. Do your thing. I'm gonna add some more coffee to this before you it gets before you it better. gets lukewarm. <laughs> Dave, what what kind of brews you bring with it with you, bro? I mean, you should put them. You should keep them where like well, one of the cans or something on the couch by if there's one that you want to promote. Yeah, probably we need the to... uh, Sunrise City, the six pack of the um, green one. Yeah, to your right, your hand right there. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. How are you guys uh, liking it down here? Yeah. Great, what are you man. coming off in a year now or? No, it, it's been uh, just a little over five months. So we're like, I was going to say, I couldn't fresh. remember if it yeah. was like a year or you guys just getting your feet wet. That's awesome, though. Y- yeah, man. Yeah. Definitely a big change of pace from Ohio, but we, we really like uh, we like being on the coast and um, the girls are a little beach bums. It's like a lot of fun, you know? Nice. That's <laughs> we awesome. got two little girls. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you, you can't, I mean, um, as far as raising family in Florida, especially, I grew up in. You know, South Florida and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of South Miami, Redlands area growing up. That was back in the 80s. But, I mean, this is what Florida was. That was, like, up here back during that time frame. That made sense. Mm. But, like, this, uh, you know, from kind of, you know, Treasure Coast up to this area is one of the best spots, I think, to raise a family right now in yeah, Florida. Yeah, man. Everyone give, seems to give it I a, mean, a shining. How do you, you get the beach? You got the water. so much stuff to do. And that's yeah, the, the biggest thing. And, right, like, you know, premier location just being right by the coast. But at the same time, it just doesn't have, like, a flashy or commercial feel. No, you know? no, it's still that old, say old Florida. You know, yeah, like, yeah. That's what I love about where we're at Fort Pierce. Same thing, you know, it's just that it still maintains that old Florida feel to it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I finally bit the bullet and moved to Fort Pierce a year and a half ago. And uh, my house I bought was like built in like 1930, you know, it's this old, like historically registered wow. house up in that area. And it's just a lot of history in the area, you know. Um, so that hasn't been re- redeveloped yet. So, yeah. Welcome to the Legacy Angel Network Venture Lounge, where nothing ventured is nothing changed. For Matt Hollmantaller, press 1. For member services, press 2. For real raw startup stories, press 3. For all other questions or concerns, please wait on the line in our next... Good evening, everyone. I'm Matt Helmantaller, and you're listening to Venture Lounge, after-hour conversations with founders and investors. These are the stories, insights, and conversations that you aren't going to find on the company website. Because the real lessons you learn in the startup world, the risks you take as an entrepreneur, the highs and the lows, 
the moments in your journey when no one else believes in you right before you break through. Those are the moments that you just have to hear for yourself. So grab a drink and listen in to the men and women who are changing the world. Welcome to the Venture Lounge. Welcome back to Venture Lounge. Nothing ventured, nothing changed. Fastest growing Palm Bay adjacent podcast in the world. Am I wrong? <laughs> no, Am you're I not wrong. wrong. Okay. <laughs> we're moving. Palm Bay yeah. adjacent. We're freaking moving. <laughs> All right, here we are. And we were saying worst after hours podcast too because it's 9 a.m. But uh, we're, we're doing the best we can. We've got to keep that content coming. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Uh, I'm sitting here. Um, my name is Connor Sherman, uh, creative director here at Legacy. And I'm sitting here next to Matt Helmetaller, our founder and co-host. Hello. Matt, tell us who's sitting next to you because I cannot pronounce his last name. All right. uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. know if I can pronounce his last name. <laughs> yeah, the pressure's on. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to pass Dave. that to you. This is Dave. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, so uh, uh, founder of Selfish Brewery, an amazing brewery that is uh, over in the South Florida um, uh, area. The beer is very good. The beer is phenomenal. Beer is very good. Um, if, if you're a beer drinker, you need to be finding this and buying this. It's just it's, it, That's a little plug for you. Appreciate but that. Uh, but but 100% um, probably the fastest growing brewery right now in mm. the South Florida area. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels that way. Uh, and um, uh, just an amazing organization. I mean, what they've done in the last, I mean, really even just five years has been transformative to a, a local area. Uh, and they're and they're moving and they're growing and stuff. And just, and this is just a solid dude. And uh, yeah. So to Dave. Yeah. Appreciate uh, it. Yeah, cheers, Dave. Welcome to Venture Lounge, bro. Where where do you drive from? Tell everybody where you're located and all that. Yeah, so uh, down in Fort Pierce, you know, about five minutes from the brewery now, which is great. Uh, Good and bad because I just live there pretty much. But, um, no, it's great. I mean, you know, I I don't know the metrics if we're the fastest growing, but it sure as hell feels like it. And, um, you know, we will be celebrating 10 years this year, which is amazing. So if you guys uh, are... Up for it, we got Box Elder playing uh, April 15th. We're doing the block party in Fort Pierce. So nice. Box Elder is a really great band out of the Jupiter area, and uh, know Maddie and those guys well. So it's going to be a cool, really good. They put on a great show. So it's going to be awesome. So, yeah. so, so how, how did, Dave, how did all this, by, by the way, pronounce your last name first. Uh, Boucher. Boucher. Right, there we go. Boucher. Wow. Like Bobby. That's oh, wow. Well, I've never heard that before. <laughs> I remember uh, I was, uh, I think it was 17 or 18. I mean, yeah, came back. like a high school flash. And I'm, I'm playing, so I played baseball in, in high school. And, you know, I'm up to bat. And my friends in the stands heckling me and saying, Bobby, you can do it. And I'm, I'm smiling. That's the pitcher, and the pitcher me, thinks you know. I'm la- smiling at him. So he throws some high and tight that's, and almost knocks my head off. That's high quality H2O. <laughs> awesome. I think my name, awesome. my name in college, some people thought my name was Bobby. Really? So, yeah, my fraternity kind of, you know, Dave went away and Bobby was the name. Thank you, so. Adam Sandler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's awesome. That's phenomenal. Yeah, pretty, uh, pretty funny. So, I'll never forget how to pronounce your last name. There you go. Uh, Dave, you got to tell us how this whole thing started, man. I mean, uh, how you got, like, there's some breweries back home um, Mm -hmm. that, you know, I know a lot of guys that brew really good beer. But to achieve the the scale uh, of distribution and, and like, the um, quality of the craft at the same time, like you guys have done, is uh, something I haven't seen before as far as sales fish level, you know, like, to be up close and personal uh, to it. So. T- tell us um, how it started, man, and how you started putting the pieces together. Yeah, so I mean, you know, it's uh, 
like a lot of stories, started brewed beer in a garage. You know, um, 12 years ago, there wasn't access to a lot of craft beer in South Florida in general. Mm. So, you know, we saw the need and we said, well, you know, we got something here. And, and uh, a couple of things happened. I remember we were, told a story today at our Christmas party. Um, I was in the back of the stamp, which is this kind of hole in the wall bar in Vera Beach. And we were back in the back alley and it was my buddy, Nick, who worked with, we started the brewery together in Vero. Uh, Philip Bush and a couple other guys that started some other breweries around us and we're out there drinking beer smoking cigarettes talking about like starting a brewery you know together and and that memory will always be ingrained in me and then I remember uh, Philip brought in Chris Rollo I'm sorry um pronounce his last name name correctly right now but he was with um uh, at the time Victory mm. and guys been around for a long time and he came in to try our beer and he liked it and this is our homebrew stuff. And when, that was the catalyst for Nick and I to like take off. And I literally called Nick up one day. And I said, hey, man, I did a do-it-yourself, start your company thing online. Let's go find a location. I paid my old marketing assistant 50 bucks to make our logo, which you guys see everywhere now. Yeah, uh, and um, on the can right there, that flag. And we're off to the races. So, you know, we bootstrapped it for the first, you know, two and a half, three years. Uh, barrel and a half Blickman system, moonlight until brewing beer till 3, 4 in the morning, then go do our day job. And then... Um, you know, we kind of realized about three years in of, you know, do we want to take this to the next level? And, and uh, we decided we wanted to, so we went to Broward and SBA loan, and uh, we uh, partnered and acquired the, what's the old J.C. Pennies in downtown Fort Pierce, and uh, did a 20-barrel uh, DME system at that, and then from there went into production, and then moved our restaurant to that location too. Um, and then, you know, basically, you know, during that entire time period, the past 10 years, it's, it's really never sacrificing who you are cutting corners, you know, it, it's being true and always doing the right thing. You know, that's mm. really what it boils down to. And that's why we maintain the consistency that we have and, and, and seeing it coming as well too. Um, biggest thing, we started canning beer about five years ago. Quality control is huge when it gets to a can. Kegs are a little bit different. They're always kept cold theoretically, uh, but cans are tough because you can't control it once it leaves, you know, temperature wise. So, you know, we put in a quality control lab simultaneously as we put in our new canning line and, um, you know, we made sure we tested everything before it went out. And over the years, we uh, enhanced the testing mechanisms and equipment we had in that lab to get more proactive. You know, because for a while, we're growing these things in incubators. And, well, we wouldn't find anything about the beer until two weeks later, and the beer's already gone. So it was pointless. So we bought, you know, bought a, a PCR machine and started testing it during transfers prior to being packaged, prior to it going out. So that helped a lot, too, and just, you know, maintain that approach. Uh, and, and honestly, having some great guys. I mean, yeah, you know, Dave's been with us for seven years now, our head brewer, uh, Dave Cavassini, just phenomenal individual with his attention to detail and what he's done with our beer and um, uh, just having a great team. I mean, you know, D Dave and Kenny are the lifeblood of that brewery. And Kenny handles everything on the fulfillment side, packaging. He's responsible for that beer in the can. Oh, cool. You know, so it's just good people, you know, and, and surround yourself with good people and, um, you know, everything that tends to kind of work itself out. So, sorry, I was a... Yeah. No, that's Lovely great. Answer, no, no, yeah, no. no, I was going to ask too, like, like you know that. So a, a lot of people, I think, that are going to watch this podcast. They're, I mean, clearly they're going to. I mean, it's investors, it's other mm -hmm. founders, but it's it's people too that are kind of curious about, like, you know, what does it take to, you know, you have your day job, like you said mm -hmm. that. Yeah, I have, I have, yeah, I have my day job, and I'm I'm brewing until three. Then I go to sleep for a few hours, and I go to my day. Like, what was that? What was that like? What was your day job? What you know, that early struggle where this wasn't your full-time gig, where you really had to, like, you know, claw and yeah. 
do your thing? Like, like, what was that process like? For you? Well, I think yeah. a lot of it, you have to be naive to it going into it. Cause if you really knew what was going on, you probably wouldn't do it <laughs> ahead of time. But you know, That's I think so having, true. Yeah. having that, That's uh, so true. having that It'll mentality be where you just, I mean, I'm not trying to be boastful here, but I mean, I just, you know, I'm going to will it to successful to succeed. Mm. So it's, you just don't give up. I mean, as failure is not an option as, as yeah. corny as that sounds. So it's, you're going to make it happen and whatever it takes. Right, and for, I mean, you just have that have that mentality because there's no one to blame but yourself and there's no one responsible for for the success of it but yourself at that time especially as small as we are so but 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 where did that mentality come from i mean like was there like you know like i mean that's not everyone is built like that and it doesn't always happen like you know where there where there is it just, is just have you always been that way since you were a kid or, or yeah i mean i think you just you know you there like i said the failure is not an option there, there's no safety net you know, I didn't grow up mm. with, uh, uh, you know, my family was, you know, modest for the most part, but, you know, middle class at that time, I guess in the 80s and early 90s. But, you know, there wasn't a, a huge safety net for me. So, I mean, I don't have that backup plan, you know. So I think, you know, it takes a lot of people to really get to that point of, um, uh, you know, kind of facing that reality of like, listen, if I fail at this, there is no backup plan. And that's going to mm. will you to succeed. You know, when you put in, you know, at the time we started the brewery, it was, you know, 401k loans from our, our loans from our 401ks and some friends and family money coming in. And, you know, when you put your own money in, it's, it's real, you know, and that's, <laughs> and it's all, it's all relative. You know, I mean, $50, $50,000 to me at that time was a million dollars to somebody else. Right. You know, right. so it's all relative to how you look at it. So, uh, and vice versa. So did you have other like founders or entrepreneurs that you were close with in your life? I mean, your, your parents or your experiences, what do you think taught you that? Uh, yeah, I mean, no, no one entrepreneurially, honestly, and in the family at least. And, um, yeah, no one I was really close to. I just, um, had an inert desire to always want to work for myself for a long period of time. And, um, uh, you were kind of the outlier in your circle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm still am, you know, no one understands me. It's the the enigma, you know, (laughs) that exists, you know, even my partner, Nick, who I started the brewery with, he's just like, I don't understand you, but you know, it's just, uh, you know, you have to be that kind of weird, I guess, to be. Yeah, sometimes. yeah. So. Well, what Matt's describing like achieving escape velocity, like that you're working hard enough that you can get away from your day job and and start to yeah, live on your own terms. You know what I mean? That's not. Yeah, we. I definitely. I wanted, I made the jump full time, which was about five and a half years ago. Yeah, I definitely scaled back, and you know, I was very fortunate enough in my previous career to do well. Do well, mm. and I worked. What did you do off. before you started brewing? Uh, so it was a commercial development and construction management. Oh, Primarily wow. construction management was the focus, and uh, just did that. You know, moved back to South Florida after college uh, in North Carolina and just went right into it. And just, again, same kind of work ethic. You just will it to succeed. And I just, I got to a very high level at a very young age mm-hmm. and, um, you know, learned a lot of stuff during the way. And you know, when did you start like whipping wheat and learning the craft? You know what I'm uh, saying? Yeah. So it was probably, um, probably 15 years ago ish, mm-hmm. you know, right around the time when things were starting to start up. More or less, um, you know, we were I think the 42nd brew to open up in the states. Mm. Now there's like 360 of them or something like that in 10 years. Um, but yeah, it was uh, you know during that time, you know, Florida's always like five years late to the to yep. the dance, you know, always. with any any kind of trends going on. So <laughs> a- Appalachia is like 20 years. Late. What's that? You know where I'm from in Appalachia, it's like 20 years late. Like everybody still. Looks. Where are you from in, in Ohio? It, yeah, it's called Portsmouth, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so well, I, was, I went to school in Boone, so I was. Oh, in really? Yeah, okay, so yeah. yeah, it's just a little rural Appalachian city. Okay, prettiest place on earth, but yeah, not not fashion. They just started yeah. uh, using cars about what 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> At your first stoplight. 
Well, we were still a buggy thing. But I was in school there. Boone was still a dry county or dry city. You couldn't buy liquor anywhere. So yeah, just beer. Oh yeah. But yeah, I hear you. Um, but it's kind of nice to be able to see the trends coming too, and uh, uh, what's coming down the pipeline. Because it's just we're in such a. I was at the beer summit a week ago, the week before last, uh, down at the Breakers, and it's a great summit to go to. Uh, a lot of this, the the leaders in the industry are there speaking about just trends, what's going on, and you know, the first day Sunday was great because it was it was really beer focused primarily. But Monday, which was an all day conference. It was interesting because, like, literally 15% of it was about beer, and the other 85% was about RTDs and seltzers and all these other different mm. beyond beer type items. And, um, you know, we're at an interesting time right now. COVID did so much change to everything. And the consumer right now is just being inundated with so many different things out there. And it's tough, you know, because you, you want to keep doing what you're doing and kind of get on track here, but like, you know, Beer is what we're good at. We're never going to stop doing beer. Um, mm. But it's tempting to go into the seltzer market or the cider market because these, these trends, it's working, you know. But it's one of those things like if you're if you're in a time where the, the housing market's in your flipping houses, if you're just coming into it after already started, you kind of miss the boat, kind of the same thing with the other beer trends. You have to mm-hmm. be the trendsetter, right. not the follower. So uh, that's a big thing we you know, realized was, you know, you can go do it, but you're just going to get cannibalized out there. And these other guys have, you know, it was interesting at the summit. No one cares about making money. All they talked about is how much money they were spending. You know, it's like the, 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 the president Heineken got up there. Oh, we're spending a hundred million dollars in advertising this year. All right. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's great. You know, yeah. but like the, the, you're, it's such a block and tackling type industry where, it's just trying to take up square footage and space and, and honestly preoccupy people's time to focus on their stuff versus yours. So it's a, it's a, it's interesting, but there's so much that the, like the beer summit, I, I walked away, my head was spinning just the amount of information you retain during mm-hmm. that and learn uh, where things are going and how to be successful and, and trends and what's working, what's not. And, you know, the kind of the success of C stores, convenience stores taking off, you know, Wawa's, those types of things what product works in those versus like a grocery, like a Publix or, a, mm. you know, Kroger's now come into the area doing delivery service. You know, we're starting, we're actually starting to advertise at Instacart now. Uh, we uh, did a lot of, do a lot of samplings, you know, total wines and those types of things. And we did a bunch over the holidays. And one of the biggest things um, my sales team said back to me was 80% of the people coming in there were Instacart shoppers asking where to find something at. Mm-hmm. So it just shows you, and, and we did a call with Instacart and they were like, yeah, by, 2025, 70% of shopping is going to be done online. Mm. So it's just, it's, it's a lot to keep ahead of. You're, and you're, you're talking about that $100 million budget for Heineken. It reminds me of this uh, article I read about Dollar Shave Club. You guys remember Dollar mm-hmm. Shave Club? Or, oh, yeah. I was never a subscriber. I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, the, uh, but you guys look like you might have been at one point. I'm familiar uh, with it. Yeah. So, so with Dollar Shave Club, you know, it was. Uh, <laughs> The Gillette. She's laughing at I know. My, my wife is <laughs> like, I haven't shaved in years, except I shave here. Um, and then I. That's pretty much what I do. I just do right it, here for the most part. Well, and yeah, guys. If I'm, if I'm being, if I'm Must real. be nice. Anyway, uh, so, <laughs> so with uh, specifically, Gillette had uh, claimed the same thing back somewhere. in like 2010. Gillette, <laughs> Gillette, I was trying to cut you off as no. fast as possible. <laughs> 
Gillette had a similar budget. It was like a hundred million yeah. or something back in 2010. And then Dollar Shave Club puts out this video on YouTube for yeah. like a thousand dollars. And you know they do one thing really well: industry disruptor. But um, they, but they were they were ironic in the commercial. They were. So they and were. that was a big thing to complain to consumers nowadays. You want that ironic delivery method. Yeah, like yeah. Or you just want to you just want to disrupt that. Yeah. Disruptor. That big corporate pattern that everybody's used to, everybody doing the same thing. Yep. Um, doing one thing, I, I think, uh, and even people like Seth Godin, you know, marketing genius, that dude is always saying, like, um, no one remembers a brand that is, like, uh, doing everything. Like, the most famous brands on earth do one thing really well. And if that one thing is beer, you know? 100%. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, Gillette had... Um, like in their commercials, it was talking about all the features of the razor and everything. And we have, you know, it's all aerodynamic, whatever science, that kind of stuff. Uh, Dollar Shave Club with that video, if you remember, it was like, our razors are fucking great. That's like, <laughs> that was the entire value claim, you know, and you get them $1 monthly subscription. Uh, game changer, just that one thing really well. Yep. I think, I don't know if you can relate to that or you feel no, like you're in a similar mindset. It's, it's so. And that kind of goes back to like why I'm so excited about this year is you know, I learned a lot and I went down those kind of rabbit holes of chasing trends for a little while. And hmm. the realization of, to your point, just, you know, it's like, you know, it's your half ass, you know, whole ass one thing or half ass multiple things. And I'd much rather whole ass one thing. And that's what the focus is. But it's tough because you go to these beer summits and it's like, well, this is coming up and hard teas and all these different types of things. So you really have to be strategic in what you do if it's anything new. And, and one of the things we're working on is a beyond beer type thing, which um, it's a little twisted. If that kind of gives you any of what we're going to be keep competing against. Mm. Um, but it's, uh, uh, it's strategic in the aspect of you can't just do something and like hope it works, you know, or mm. throw a bunch of stuff against the wall and see what sticks. You have to do things strategically with your wholesale partner, uh, what makes sense. And we're doing something with them that, you know, makes sense for a gap in their portfolio. Mm. You, know, you just can't do stuff to do it. Uh, and you have to go off data too. I mean, we're, we're become so data driven in everything we do. You can't go off opinions. You can't go off people's, you know, yep. feedback or, mm. or not say feedback, but, um, you know, what they think it's, it's right. data. Data doesn't lie. You know, so we invested in RI data last year, which is scan data. So you're basically looking at all your, how your brands perform against other brands that scan at Publix and Total Wine and Winn-Dixie. And yeah, you, know, you can sort it and filter it and, and slice and dice this thing however you want to. But, you know, one of the biggest takeaways from it was, you know, so we dove into the Miami division of Publix, which is Vero down to, or actually uh, now it's uh, Brevard down to Key West. They expanded it. And we drilled down on that. So, so what's the most popular selling style beer in Publix? No surprise, it's IPA like five to one. Hmm. You know, every other style is way below that. Okay, well, where, do, where does our IPA rank amongst other IPAs in those same Publixes? Uh, this is number four. The guys above us, uh, I'm not going to mention, but they're not independently owned, and they have a lot more $100 million budgets to spend on advertising versus us. Mm. And uh, to be where we're at, and that was honestly a very emotional moment for me to see that yep. because it's like, holy crap, like, yep. look where we're at. Awesome. We're number four IPA. I mean, and Come on. If from a dollar per standpoint, we're close to the guys above us, which is great to see. What's even great, leveraging that data is like, okay, why, when you're selling our product to more chains, why do we want Salefish to be in more spots? Why is this advantageous to you, the retailer, to bring us in? Well, look at this data. Our, our price point's second highest on this list, price per point unit sold per distribution uh, location. And then our category weighted distribution, all the guys above us are 90% filled in. So like, they're, what that means is like, you're in 90% of those stores. So that means your, your coverage is good. 
we're only in 45%. So we're only in 45% of those stores compared mm. to everybody else who's in 100 almost. We're nipping on their heels and you know, look at what happens if you sell more of our beer, you're going to make more money retailer and we're going to go higher up on the list. And um, it was exciting to see and just being data driven, you know, consolidating our SKU quantity and, and allocation of certain markets to things that make sense and sell. Uh, it's great to do like, you know, your, your, your mom's pastry stouts, but, and you may love it, but I mean, how many people are really buying that, you right. know, and you have to do things. Those are great things to do in the tap room. And, and you, you've been to our tap room, Matt. I mean, oh, yeah. there's a plethora of just different, those types of beers we have, which yeah. are like, you know, uh, we, we love and have a lot of passion about in addition to the stuff we do. By the way, do. your tap room is, it's amazing. Yeah, thanks. I mean, I yeah. mean, the thought and care that you guys put into that facility. Really, I mean, really, honestly, both both facilities—the one in, in Fort mm-hmm. Pierce and also the one in in, uh, in Vero. I never thought I'd own two restaurants when yeah. I started the mm-hmm. brewery, but uh, you know, Fort Pierce is amazing because it's it's simple. It's it's pizzas, craft pizzas. The pizzas are awesome. I mean, yep. I'm getting more feedback from people saying how great our pizza is. That's yep. cool. We're on man. DoorDash now. People are ordering the pizza online. It's really cool to see. So it's great, like. You go online, DoorDash, they order a, a pizza and then a six-pack of Sunrise City out of the taproom. That's so cool. So we can deliver it. So that's really cool. You know, Vero was our first venture a year and a half ago outside of our local market, you know, additional brick mm-hmm. and mortar. Uh, and we learned a lot over the past year and a half, and we were adapting to a lot. And, you know, Taylor, who, Matt, you've met, um, is just an amazing person. She's been with me for, same as Dave, almost seven years. And um, she runs all the retail locations for us restaurant-wise. And, you know, we... Vero is diff- it's an interesting area. It's on the beach. It's very seasonal. Um, we, I think, a lot of us got kind of naively caught off guard where we believe whatever you're saying last year. This time, like Florida is no longer seasonal. People live here now. We're going to see a, a flat, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, level of revenue coming in because people are always here. Well, no, I mean that's not Florida what the data still, showed, huh? Yeah. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> that's not what the data showed, huh? No, I mean it's still it's still summertime in Florida, and it's hmm. you know yeah. people go back to wherever they. Yep. live elsewhere and um so yeah so it uh, and again you're trying to compare against 2021 which are impossible numbers to compare against too i mean 2021 was the bizarre year ever in florida because the florida was the wild west everybody came here to vacation right. literally everybody the numbers are impossible to compare against so mm. it's uh it's it I think it skewed people's view of things but Anyway, I digress. I mean, you know, Vero, we've learned a lot and we're constantly adapting. We're actually redoing things up there right now with a different menu, uh, more burgers and beach bowls, um, which I think is going to help. You know, I think going into it, we tried to adapt sailfish to the area. Right. Reality is we've been maintaining who we are right. and we're com- yeah. be confident enough to go in an area and say, this is, we're going to be successful here. Right. And what we deliver is good and consistent. And what we found too, uh, you know, open up a separate location, people want the same thing. They go to Fort Pierce, they want to go to Vero, the same exact thing. Yep. And we didn't approach it that way. We went down the aspect of doing a kitchen in Vero that was more of a scratch kitchen, right. you know, versus just doing pizza like we do in Fort Pierce. I shouldn't say just pizza. It's amazing pizza and other right. stuff. But, like, it's a, a learning curve. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it's really primed us. Honestly, I'm, I'm really glad we did kind of, like, pump the brakes on expansion based on giving us more time to learn Vero. And yeah. how to be successful for this next venture, in which we will have an next venture soon. But that knowledge is uh, uh, invaluable with us moving forward. Well, I mean, you know, I think that's huge, and that's a great lesson for any future entrepreneur that may be watching this podcast. Is that is that you're not going to hit, hit it out of the park every single time. You're, it's almost like a 
there's there's to me there's like two different kinds of like uh, people in the entrepreneurial world. You're, you're failing to the bottom or you're failing to the top. You keep failing and you're not learning and you just keep digging yourself a hole, mm-hmm. or you fail and you learn and you keep you know, going up and you just you fail your way to the top. Yeah, and I think um, I mean that sounds a little harsh, but but no one does it perfectly all the time. And so for a founder to be able to see like, hey, you know, here's 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 this trend, and we tried this and it didn't work, and and you know we either stick to this or we we learn and we pivot and we and it's okay to not get it right, yeah, the first time mm-hmm. or the second time, mm-hmm. um, but that that inner tenacity to learn to grow to learn to grow to learn to grow, I think is absolutely huge, and that's clearly what you know selfish has done and is doing on a consistent basis. And I, you know, I was, you know, and, and that said too, no one does it alone. Like you said, you've been giving a lot of people in your organization credit, which kudos to you. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's we, it's not me. Oh, 100%, and, I, yeah. and I think that that's freaking awesome that, that, that you recognize that, but you also have like, you have some other guys around you that don't necessarily work for Sailfish. You and I have a mutual buddy, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Maximilian. Who oh, Max has been great. Yeah. Going to be a the big German guy. We all hang <laughs> very large. Too. He's taller than you. He is. I know. Is yeah. that how does that make you feel? Um, do you feel small? Max <laughs> It's so funny still watch watch him duck thing? to go into the doorway. Yeah. So. I used to be the tallest guy that ever walked into this room and, <laughs> no. then, and then we hire you and then now I feel like this little It's shrink. nice to make eye contact with people, you yeah. know what I mean, Max? We yeah. have an understanding. You know yeah. I, I used to feel that way. Yeah, I used to feel that way. <laughs> but, no, Max is amazing. I mean, he when he came over with us, I guess almost four and a half, five years ago, uh He's been a huge help for me, honestly, because he mm. uh, has that whole, you know, kind of VC mindset uh, driven, you know, focus on growth, but, um, you know, adapting, learning how to be more effective, more organized. Uh, yeah, honestly, I, I owe a lot to my success where I'm at because of the time I spent with Max. And we don't do as much now, um, honestly, but for the past, you know, up till recently, we spent a lot of time together working on a lot of yeah. stuff and. Um, to, to your yeah. point, Max always talks about, or I've heard him say multiple times that failing fast is kind of the key mm-hmm. and data helps you fail fast. You know what yeah. I mean? And just to tie it to you all, his point is like, uh, when you could see the numbers immediately, you're not running off suspicion. Oh, this might work or it might not work. You know, uh, immediately you get that feedback and understand where to pivot, you know? Yep. Yeah. Data doesn't lie. So just follow the data. Um, Awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, tell us about just like I'm sure you got a, a few stories scaling up as uh, <laughs> fast as you have, Dave, and um, just uh, with the success that you had, man. I mean, what are the highs and lows been? You know, it's it's interesting because I mean, you know, uh, every year it's a, a, another version of the highest. I feel you know because mm-hmm. I, I'm so excited about going into every new year of our plan in place, and again, we've gotten better every year. You know, as yeah. far as our planning ahead. Uh, how can we be effective with our wholesaling partners? I'm mean, saying this on the wholesaling. A lot of what I spend my time doing, and I'm fortunate enough to have Taylor to allow me to do this, is spend on distribution and growing that side of the business. Because we have, you know, two two businesses within one. We have the distribution sales, and then we have you know the, the retail aspect. Um, but uh, you know, every year it's just becoming better and better and more effective. And getting the feedback this year, honestly, was really encouraging from our wholesalers. Of after we did our annual business plan presentations of. You know, them saying like, he's like, wow, you guys, like, we're using you as a template to compare to now. Mm. And that's not just the guys below us. That's like, you know, the, the bigger guys above us of how to be effective and just, you know, 
you know, kind of like Novocaine, just kind of give it time. We're just going to, we say we're going to do it, we're going to do it. And we're going to develop that level of consistency and reliability um, with all of our partners. Um, so that's kind of the high is it's every year is different. And lows, I mean, you know, I call it summertime, sad, summertime sadness. It's every <laughs> summer is low, honestly, because it's just, it's Florida, sales are sucking wind sometimes. And uh, it's a challenging time of the year. Um, and that's kind of when I go through my annual depression, I guess, so to speak, of just how I <laughs> it's feel. It's quite the opposite. <laughs> um, but uh, that's just, you know, honestly how it is. And, and But, you know, you have to power through that. And obviously you can't really see that, and you have to power through it. And you have to really every day just kind of convince yourself today is the best day ever for the company yeah. and portray that to everybody else that works with us. And um, it, shit could be burning behind you, but you got to put on a, a happy face because – you know, some things are better than others, you know, as far as what you're doing and just everything will be okay. And just honestly, it just goes back to instilling confidence, you know, in our, in our team internally and in our partners, you know, like we're, you know, it's naive confidence, honestly, sometimes where you just have to be confident and, you know, even though things behind you could be not perfect, but you're fixing them and, and you're working to improve. So. I think that's gold and that's great advice for, for any founder. Cause I mean, I mean, and, and I have a, about a five a five year sample of this of, of, of being a founder. Mm -hmm. I'm a fairly new founder, and like there are days you just feel like you're running with your hair on fire. Oh yeah. And but no one, rarely does anyone ever see that. Mm -hmm. Like it's and then and then they don't they don't they don't see the sleepless nights. They don't mm -hmm. see the waking up you know thinking about something at 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 night before you go to bed dreaming about it and then waking up thinking about it. In the and morning. you can never think that they'll understand it either. No. That's that, that's a, a losing battle. And don't, go down that yeah, path. yeah, don't. Doesn't matter. To. Just whatever. It's fine. Just right. move forward. Like don't yeah. accept anybody's understand what you're going through. Right. Or have sympathy on us either. They don't yeah. care. No. One hundred percent. Yeah. Just, yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. And it, you know, it's it's no one as a founder too. I think I think no one no one is ever going to fully care about your thing as much as you do. No. One hundred percent. It yeah. doesn't matter what they put into it. Yeah. And this sounds terrible. Some people might disagree with me. Other than your spouse, mm -hmm. um, there's there's probably there's probably no one that that cares as much as you do about what you're doing and what you started. Mm -hmm. and they don't carry the same weight um, that you do, and it's it's that's a challenge for any entrepreneur to 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 realize that um, even though you have a team, mm -hmm. a great team. There's that pressure. I need to make sure that I don't get comfortable, mm -hmm. that I'm pushing and that I'm that I'm I'm clawing, that I'm doing whatever it takes to make sure my team's made whole, our investors are made whole, our, our customers are satisfied. Yeah, you never you know you never understand the true gumption of someone until they've had to make payroll. Yeah, and I've always <laughs> used that as like a real analogy of like yep. you don't understand the stress of making payroll. Yeah, you really don't. And when you have other people's livelihoods on your on the line and you're responsible for it. Yep. That's, that's a stretch you can't portray yep. to anybody or describe. Yep. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, uh, you know, the, the, yeah, you just have to you know, plow forward with blinders on, honestly, a lot of times. Yeah. And it's what it is. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, it's not for the faint of heart. No, sure. no, it's not. And like I said, the losing battle is trying to explain it to people or get people to, to like acknowledge yeah. it. It's like, nah, it's just, it's what it is. And you know, um, it's not the normal nine to five gig, you know, you just don't stop. But it's amazing. Like it's, it's no, it is it, amazing. It's also like a, a tremendous, like gift. hundred percent. And pleasure. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, it's a, the corny analogy of, you know, you never work a day in your life if you didn't love what you're doing. And honestly, I, it doesn't feel like work to me anymore. Right. It's just part of my life, and I love it. That's and awesome. um, I love seeing the people grow and, and t- you know, mentoring them. And we're up to, I think, like 52 or 55 employees now. And, um, you know, it's, you know, 55 jobs we provided, which I'm happy about, and good-paying jobs. So something you brought up earlier, too, was, um, you know, you talked about your $50 logo there, yeah. which I think is like, and I, I can, I mean, I mean, Connor <laughs> and Aubrey are like brilliant at putting together brands and, and, you know, and we, we know the cost that goes into really mm-hmm. developing a strong brand. And, uh, I think $50 is a bargain. And, and in, he, so, uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a brand geek for sure. Um, and sometimes when I go into a store, I could know nothing about, the beer or the mm-hmm. wine, but if it's good branding, I just want to buy it. Mm-hmm. I want to, and I want. So when I went into your brewery uh, in South Florida, and I'm there as your guest, I'm doing a thing, and I, I'm just like, oh, I want that shirt. I want that hat. I, I bought two hats, and then I, I wanted yeah, the, our, our merchandise is the unofficial uniform uniform of Fort Pierce. Dude, I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, dude, and it's I, cool to see it. Like, I bought the candle. Like, yeah, no, I mean, that's great. I mean, it's uh, and I, I'm convinced it smells like an IPA, and everyone here make, uh, makes fun of me, but whatever. I mean, it's it's got malt in there, so I mean, it's it's got the spent grain from the. Uh, so I mean, it should smell something like it, but it's um, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's cool to see the stuff, especially when you're traveling. You know, I mean, I've I've had pe- people send me pictures from airports, and you know, I think my best one was uh, I think Max actually sent it to me it was someone the the. Freedom Tower with a long, you know, dry fit on, yeah. But like, especially down the Keys, which have a big presence for just seeing the stuff out there. It's like, wow, that person actually had to buy that and come to the brewery, and mm-hmm. they've been there and they know what it is. And and you know, our, our e-commerce sales aren't tremendous, so I know majority of that comes from you know brick and mortar. Well, it's cool too because the brand. This is just my opinion. I think it the brand tra- transfers way beyond Florida. Oh, it's, it, a- it's it's all up the coast. So I mean, as you guys grow, that brand that brand can be recognizable and can be valid up the entire coast of the mm-hmm. United States. I mean, it's, it's a, and, and down like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a strange thing. Cause it's, it's like, you know, a lot of brands out there started as lifestyle brands and they want to get into beer or spirits. Mm-hmm. We started with beer and somehow developed a lifestyle brand yep. and that's what was turned into. Yeah. And uh, it's a great selling point. Cause it's, you know, it's kind of like the idea of where the Corona craft beer it's like it's it's a lifestyle it's like yeah. you know it's the find your beach mentality it's just you know it's it's that that approach and, I, and I've, actually i've heard some industry experts talk about like uh the idea that the only logos you remember are the brands that you care about mm-hmm. so like you know um that's a testament like people wearing your shirts and everything like that yeah. whatever you pay for it that's a that's a testament to your product and the lifestyle that they want to be a part of you know and, and so much of it especially in the, in the craft beer industry is word of mouth and mm. and uh you know developing the culture we developed and people just it, people just like us yeah. and and that i don't know where that came that just came from organically it wasn't like yeah. we're trying to say we want people to like us we just that's who we are is like people yeah and people want to be associated with that and mm-hmm. that's where i was going next because it, so there's a a guy brilliant brand guy out of um that i met years ago he's not going to remember remember me and that's fine uh, i didn't have the beard i'm more recognizable <laughs> so but i his name's kenneth birch he's out of orlando brilliant brand dude and um i was in one of his workshops one time that he was putting on and he said that good branding is simply the truth 
well told. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I love about Sailfish is that is that it is a lifestyle brand, but that is actually who you guys are. You're not trying to create something and sell no, some sort of, artificial. you know, like yeah. we hope to be this. No, that's actually who you are. Mm-hmm. The grassroots of how the thing got started, mm-hmm. like that culture and that like identity and that like go for it and that, you know, it's in the company. It's mm-hmm. in the brand. It's, 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 I just, I think it's freaking rad. I love the brand. No, I appreciate it. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, you're exactly right though. It's just that people, their, their BS meters are high right. and, you yeah. know, everything we've done has been, you know, genuine. Yep. And that's, you know, it's, we've taken the step recently of identifying like kind of what our v- value statement is and, and those types of things. And it's been interesting to sit with our team and hear the feedback. And it's along the same lines we're talking about of like, you know, genuine in practice and just th- that kind of stuff where it's, you know, commit to, commitment to community and just all the things we just did, you know, organically. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, to capitalize that, man, I just don't think people, I don't think you have a brand until people actually care about you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I can't remember um, the brand of like rice that we have in the cover. You know what I mean? Like those kind of things I can't recall, but what I can recall is, yeah, the brands that I care about that I, that I uh, like ideologically identify with, you know? Yeah. It's, it's again, another corny statement, but it's, it's establishing trust through consistency and reliability. And that's Mm -hmm. translate, not just in the beer, but in everything. And I use analogy and issue with the beer because of, uh, you know, the craft beer boom over the past 10 years, mm-hmm. there's a lot of good beer. There's also a lot of bad beer out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have a, a area in the country that is new to, a lot of people are new to craft beer in general. And the fir- you don't want the first one they have to be bad. Right. Yeah. That's a, it's a challenge. So, I mean, you want to be able to have confidence when you go to a, your favorite bar or restaurant and the beer's on draft and order it, know it's going to be good every time. Mm-hmm. And that's a, it's a big thing that people are, are learning more and more now that, hey, I'm probably not going to order that in the market because it's not really good unless it's coming from the brewery. You know, you want to have it be good this, wherever where you go. Mm. So, such a timeless product too. It's like a Chuck, like Chuck Taylor or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like craft beer. You know, there's something refreshing about it just based on the um, like the product landscape today. I mean, you just hear so much conversation now about uh, Chat GPT, crypto. You know, mm-hmm. uh, just AI. Um, that like is the, it, it's just like a part of society. It's like a, that social lubricant that just like, um, you know, takes conversation to the next level when you're sitting in the bar with somebody, like sharing a beer with somebody, you know? Can you do me a favor and never say lubricant again? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll edit, lubricant edit, no, edit that out. <laughs> Take two words. <laughs> but you, you know what I mean? There's just a, there's just, uh, there's just something, there's just something different about it that feels more stable then um, I guess, like you're saying, there's just the stuff that's trending right now well, on Twitter. You, you know? The goal is establish longevity. Yeah. And how you establish longevity is relationships. Mm-hmm. Every on-premise static line we have is through a relationship we built. And they don't maintain that menu placement or that, that handle there because they, you know, they feel like it. It's because they, a relationship has been established and they know that they can pick up the phone and call any one of us if there's an issue. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I remember there's an account in Jupiter that God called me on a Sunday morning. Hey, man, we just ran out of beer, you know, blew through it. So I ran to the brewery up to Fort Pierce back down there to get him a half barrel of a beer. I mean, probably was the most yeah, legal thing dope. to do, but, it, you know, we, we did it. And it was, uh, he'll remember that kind of stuff. You want to do things that people remember, you know, and, and that are not like everybody else. You know, everybody else just wants the easy way out. I'm, saying, I'm not generalizing. A lot of people want the easy way out a lot of times. And you have mm. to, you have to be uh, that differentiator and show the difference. People remember you. In that vein, 
Dave, give us your scrappiest startup story. When you think about like uh, just the highest pressure on the wire kind of story, what what comes to mind? Uh, Don't hold back, Dave. <laughs> but, um, see, no, just I, I, I should have prefaced like this is the stuff you're not going to see on the company website, right? Right. right. <laughs> so like, yeah, you, let us have it. Uh, you know, I think probably the biggest scariest point for me was we got the candy line because like this is you know, it's a large investment it's got a gazillion moving parts and pieces on it and that thing just changed the company you know when we started packaging beer and uh learning that and understanding it uh i don't know it's a tough question to answer because there's like every day is something different <laughs> you know so it's like yeah. i don't know uh, i mean as we grow more people that makes it more challenging you know, were because, there were there yeah. times like early on that you thought uh this might not work or oh, yeah. like you Lots were close times. to failure and how'd you how do you turn it around? You know, how to turn around? Was it just serendipitous? Like, you know, something came through at the right time, a wholesaler or anything? Yeah, I mean, or... I, with anything, anybody starting a business, luck plays into it so much. And mm -hmm. sometimes you just get lucky and things happen. And, you know, you're, a lot of it's, you know, we're really all with like cash flow and you're trying to stretch a, do stretch a dollar or stretch a, a, a nickel or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, it all timing goes back to when you get paid, you know, from your wholesaler and there's different times like that. And you're, you, you live on like the, you're living on the edge consistently a lot of times. And that was probably the most, you know, kind of like a marathon, uh, approach to, or, you know, you kind of get burnt out was just like constantly living on the edge is like eventually you're just going to crack. And it's, that's probably the biggest challenge is just always on the edge every day. Uh, especially early on, we're doing two jobs at one time trying to make this thing work. I mean, it was not, there's, it's like a trauma response. Like a lot of it I don't remember because it was that traumatic. Honestly. Yeah. So, you know, you just, your, your mind blocks it out from oh, that. We area. have a, we have a counselor coming in here later. <laughs> for you. I don't need to bring up those memories. So it's, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, a lot of it's just physical stuff, you know, like humping this, humping that, you know, going to, you know, do different events and beer fests. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I wish I could like I remember like our opening day we opened the doors first day, uh, twenty thirteen. We um ran out of beer, grand opening. You know, so we had to run over to Southern Eagle and get a bunch of uh, I think Bud Light and Budweiser and bring it back to the brewery just to have something everyone has something to drink. Uh you know, just things like that happen. Um you know, dumping beer sucks, you know, but I mean it's it's a good test to your values and your morality of like yeah, you can cut some corners and go call it something else and send it out there, but you know, it sucks dumping twenty barrels. I don't. I don't uh, yeah, I don't know enough about beer to understand why you would do that. Tell like, what's well, I mean, it's logistic? consistency. I mean, so you have your your best practices and and your quality control. And if a batch is not good, uh, it may not meet meet the right um, you know ABV level or or right um, you know uh, flavor that you're trying to do, or you know maybe contaminated. Honestly, also, and that's why we're testing things and, and dumping batches. It's not fun. But, you know, you do it because, you know, you're the, you only have one shot. And if you have put something out there that's bad, people are going to remember that. And it's it's tough. There's a lot of brands out there that didn't do that. And they're still reeling from the um, un, untrust the consumer has in their products. Mm. So you just want to constantly establish trust. Like, we're always going to do the right thing. Is the is is one of the plans to? And I'm I'm just curious because like you know you now I I'm going to use an example here and people might think I'm, I'm crazy to use this. I just think you guys have s s such a huge upside oh, yeah. for 
national brand. That's mm-hmm. my opinion. You know, you can argue with it, uh, but I think you would ultimately lose. Um, like the first Starbucks, right, is like this destination thing. Like oh, yeah. You go to Seattle, you got to go to the first Starbucks, and it's not grand. It's this tiny little hole in the wall, mm-hmm. lines going out the doors, stuff like that. You guys started in Fort Pierce, and you you you, you went for it. You you got this big location and this big. As you guys scale, do you plan on like you know keeping like a this like a your legacy logo location? Is this gonna? Oh yeah, we're always gonna be. I yeah. mean, we're, we're such an entrenched part of that community. I mean, I think I'm on every committee in the city at this point, and uh, just try and help the growth. You know, it's 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 definitely gonna maintain that. And yeah, it's a tough thing to think nationally. I mean, it's. You know, what brands have done that successfully? You know, Sierra Nevada is a good one. I've always admired how they've done things. Oscar Bluesdale did a fantastic job. Uh, but again, they, a little bit of luck. I, I, know I was fortunate enough to be introduced to and actually work with uh, one of his first five employees, uh, this guy Chad Milas, who just started a marketing company called Turn It Up Media. And uh, he was huge for us developing our plan this year. And having him come to the brewery and sit with us and him be like, wow, this is like Oscar Blues, like, you're two, you know, and you're this guy, you're, you're Dale, you're this. Just, it was cool to see that because I remember well, we had to start so yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's doable, man, because, I mean, you made it onto this podcast. I mean, that's a start. That's, that's really, <laughs> Step one, I mean, baby. Step if one. you look back in this time, it's like, this yeah. was the catalyst. <laughs> we just went like this nationally. <laughs> really made it go. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it, but it's, you know, the beer side of it's, it, it's tough because it's, it's, it's very hyper-local now. Um, yep. But it's going to go through trends because I think you're going to see a lot of uh, breweries, uh, A, realize that getting a distribution at this point is probably not going to be the route to go uh, in certain markets you're in. Uh, other states are more um, friendlier to the supplier than others right. uh, as far as distribution goes. But I think doubling down on like just the, the brick and mortar, brew pubs, restaurants, that's where it's at. And that's where you can really touch the most amount of you know, people genuinely. Um, but so how you deliver it, how you tell the story with it all. And, and you know, Max and we talk a lot of times, like, be the Starbucks of beer. And, you know, that could be something down the line. You know, what does that look like? You know, and, and how do we get there? And how do we maintain our our genuineness associated with that? Yeah, I mean, I think ma- maintaining your brand, your quality, I think that, you know, um, I think that's that's huge. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's that reputation, that brand of excellence, that, mm-hmm. that whole thing. But. Yeah, I mean, as you scale, I, I mean, you're right. That, that gets tougher and, and tougher. No, I mean, I at the beer summit last week. I was fortunate enough to. It was funny. I was, I was. They had the lunch break. I'm at the table, and and then here comes over Jim Cook. You know, Jim Cook, founder of Sam Adams, and sits right next to me. You know, he must have known I was like. There was a lot of different people outside the industry at the beer summit. He must have known I was in the industry and brewery side. And he sits down and starts talking to me, and he's just su- such an unassuming person. Great guy. He's like, oh hey, I'm, I'm Jim Cook. You know. Sam Adams, Boston, Boston beer. Yeah, Jim, I know who you are. You're a goddamn celebrity. I mean, so, (laughs) but, uh, you know, just a great guy to talk to. And, uh, you know, a guy that, again, built something with Sam Adams for however long, 25 years, similar success story nationally. And, um, yeah, I think uh, it's tough because you hear all this stuff against, like, the the failures and and how tough it is to do that, uh, do that well. But, uh, I mean, to your point, Matt, I think it's, it's doable. But I mean, right now we're focused on really what makes what have, what makes the most sense for us to be successful, and own our backyard is a big part of that. Yeah. And uh, you know, going back to what we said earlier, fish where the fish are, and it's the Space Coast down to you know Palm Beach is a big focus for us, and then Monroe County as well too. 
you, you definitely have a big presence in Orlando as well. One mm -hmm. of our uh, our other guests, uh, he's actually he actually wants to come tour your place as well. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, is a huge fan of your brewery. That's uh, Charlie Lewis. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Charlie. I was telling him about Sailfish. He's like, oh, I love Sailfish. <clears throat> and you know, there's a there's a you have a big following out in Orlando. Yeah, we were very fortunate. Uh, one of the first sales reps I hired, Justin Klingbell, great guy. Um, he, uh, you know, Orlando native, just knew everybody, and he he built our brand in that area. Um, and uh, he's the reason you see the beer where you see it at, at this point. And uh, they're nice, you know, kind of boutique wholesaler we're up with up there. Uh, but, you know, the placements we have at Disney Springs and the parks and just the difference, you know, larger placements up there, it's uh, it's pretty impressive. And it's cool because you just, and we just actually, we actually, um, you'll see it there in about a month. We started doing Boathouse, you know, Boathouse in Disney Springs. We're doing their lager. So it's a really cool can that we're doing. Uh, it's got like a, it's called Duck Duck beer, I think, and it's got their little, like, you know, the amphibious cars they have <laughs> with cool. a, a rubber ducky in it driving it, and it's a really cool label. Our, our, our graphics team did it, and uh, they were ecstatic, ecstatic about it, but, man, they'll probably go into 100 cases a month Jeez. of that stuff because they, they sell a buttload of this and that account, too. Like, that's no, our number one account up there, oh. uh, Boathouse with Sunrise City, cans. Now, now you did, you, you guys are doing something with PGA, too, right? Yeah, so we have a, a very fortunate to develop a relationship with PGA South Florida a year and a half ago. And um, just great people. Um, so they, I learned a lot about how many different subsections of the PGA they are in golf in general. So the PGA of South Florida is part of PGA of Americas, which is like a, a chapter, more or less. And yeah, obviously, no surprise that PGA of South Florida is like the biggest one in the country almost, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, the great beer lovers, they love our beer. Uh, met Meredith and her team, and they're like, hey, we want to do a beer. Cool. You know, let's figure something out. And we worked out an agreement uh, you know, for five years to kind of just basically start doing a co-branded beer with them. Uh, we got into Publix's locally, uh, like 30 of them, I think, and it's doing really well. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity to, you know, it's, again, <clears throat> we are, Sailfish is Florida. It's the lifestyle. We got fishing covered. We got golf covered. And that's what do you come to Florida to do, play golf and fish. <laughs> yep. I mean, that's what it boils down to. Yep. So it's a great relationship and a great partnership, and we're touching a good uh, different market that we don't normally touch. And, it's pretty exciting. So, but we have, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's so interesting. This year, we've just hit that kind of like different milestone in growth where we're getting attention with so many people that we're getting a lot of calls for different opportunities. And we have some potential uh, brand acquisition opportunities that will be happening later on this year to kind of add to the basic credit portfolio of beers oh. uh, and brands. But they, they tie back to Florida. And what is Florida and their, and their local Florida brands, and they are along the same lines of a lifestyle brand as well too. And, and this other lifestyle brand, uh, it's very local, and um, it uh, it kind of appeals to like the surfers, the skateboarders, you know, that other X Games demographic, which is amazing. And that's another part of Florida that people don't see a lot. That's a right. Jacksonville scene. That's a, a different right. scene, and you know, hitting all those just different activities you do, and it's it ties back to the lifestyle brand of it. You know, it's it's amazing. It really is. Uh, can can you talk about like what brews do you have out in distribution right now? Like if you just run if you rent down the yeah. List, so our is flagship too? is uh, our IPA Sunrise City. Sunrise City is the nickname of Fort Pierce. Say nickname. It's the well the you know it's what it's bestowed as I guess we're gonna call it. But uh, yeah, I mean again, this sells our number one seller everywhere we go uh, in the state. So you can pretty much get this statewide with all of our wholesalers. That's like our one we do for everybody. In our local market, we have um, White Marlin, which is our Belgian wit. It's uh, it's everything Blue Moon wishes it was. 
Uh, nice. it's, it's made with uh, Natalie's orange <laughs> juice, which is very fortunate to have Natalie's oh, is it OJ really? across wow. the street from us. So we, we get so that's some craft brewery trash talk right there. No, they're not really craft brewery, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah but Natalie's orange true. juice plug is, is uh, uh, the orange juice plug is really cool. That's like, we took a six-pack of that uh, to the beach uh, with the girls one day. Down yeah, that, that wit's amazing. Yeah, yeah man, yeah. really good. My, yeah. Well, my granddad got a six-pack just being down in the Fort Pierce area. Nice, you know nice, I mean? yeah. So, yeah. No, it's a great, uh, just a great morning beer, honestly. You know, mm. good, good part of the day, golfing, boating, fishing. Beer mo- It's really, really got that beer mosa kind of taste. No, we do beer yeah. mosa in the tap room. It's amazing. So mm. it's really cool. And then... um. We have uh, what's kind of nicknamed now the, the old guy's beer. It's our amber. So tag and release. Uh, tag and release is great. One of the first beers we started doing. Um, you know, growing up in, in Florida, South Florida, grew up fishing, offshore fishing. So we developed a relationship with Billfish Foundation, which is a philanthropy to kind of promotes and educates and, and lobbies against uh, in conservation of, of big game fish. So we do proceeds of that beer towards their, uh, their foundation every year. Uh, but um, it's a great amber. Uh, it's just a nice, easy drink craft. And all our breweries do craft ambers or ambers, period. So it's a nice um, alternative yingling and fat tire. You know, it's so, a very nice beer. I yeah, as soon beer. as we launched it, every Enjoy. fat tire handle went away. So it was okay. taken by that. So uh, our lager, uh, which we just rebranded, is, uh, is awesome. Just a nice Hellas lager, crisp, clean. Running through the centrifuge and the plate filter, so like it pours crystal clear and just a nice 4.8% well-balanced uh, lager. And then we have our pale ale, so Fish Whistle. Um, Fish Whistle is great. We've been doing this beer for a long time. Uh, we finally launched it in package last year in 16-ounce. It's a very targeted convenience, grab-and-go, you know, 16-ounce can. Um, and it's got a great story. And uh, we uh, hired or worked with Steve Diossi, who does a lot of marine art, um, and to do the can label. And you probably see the can up there. Um, you've probably seen it before. But it um, he did the can label for us because he has a really kind of a cartoonish play on fish and do you guys know what a fish whistle is okay so fish whistle if you're out fishing and you're not catching anything you know you want to waste some time you light up a joint burn a joint that's what brings the fish in as soon as you light it up <laughs> so they call it the fish whistle so uh the can's really cool it's got a you know uh, a that's, nice character to awesome, it, so baby. yeah man but you know it's it's <laughs> things have to have a story you know like that's the uniqueness of it and like it's kind of like if you know you know kind of thing you know we're not Obviously, writing that in the can, right? Because of you know certain retailers might never bring it in, but it's <laughs> uh, you know uh, we it's, gotta su- be it's subtle enough where if you know, you know, and if you pay attention to the the lure on that can being cast, you'll notice something. Well, so. that, I mean, I mean, sharing that story, you might you might get some additional customers. Um, that I mean, would that's, buy that's that. the goal. I mean, uh, it, that, uh, it's a nice, <laughs> from a honestly, it's, it's a nice like <laughs> sessionable pale ale. You yeah. know, not too bitter, obviously, with a, being a pale and. It's uh, it's one of my go-tos, honestly, nowadays. Because as I've gotten older, I've watched my styles change, and I'm more of a paleo logger person now, honestly, just from a sit-down session. But I'll sit down and crush. The problem is, I'll crush like three of these very quickly, and it's you know not the best for you if you're trying to you know run a business and do everything <laughs> else at the same time too. So I, uh, I've actually I've actually seen you and hung out with you several times. Yeah. I don't know that I've ever even seen you drink a beer. But that's but that's but I'll, I think I'll that's because it was all business, right? Probably. I mean, I know all, some of the uh, the social things. I've usually had a beer in my hand, but I'll typically okay. crack one and just you know drink half of it and just kind of hold on to it. And when yep. it's empty, I still hold on to it. You yep. know, just people think I'm drinking. There is that balance, like when you're the boss, and then like you're in you're also in the social thing, but you still got to be on on your game. Oh no! Like it's your, your your group, your social group becomes so small because only so many people can see you after a few drinks anymore. Right? Because it, it's yep. it's small, and then. 
you freaking go out now and it's like everybody knows you and it's just like how do you hide you know so you're trying to find these like oh getaway places where no one knows who you are and go in disguise yep pretty cool man i like hearing the stories behind all those yeah of course. i have a marketing idea for you are you okay. ready okay yeah. okay so with the with the fish uh with fish whistle specifically you got that tall can so lots of space i would do something like desantis on a pier giant sailfish flag and a fish whistle you know what i'm talking about <laughs> That would probably, you'd get a lot of attention for that. I'm almost certain of it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It'd be better if he was drinking it. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, that's amazing. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean. Ron, yeah, I mean, Ron I, if you're watching. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, yeah, we're that might be our president. That's when it would really take off. Oh, you dude, know what I'm saying? Uh, Two or four years. <laughs> yeah, we're very fortunate to live in the state we live in, honestly, and, <laughs> yeah. and be where we're at. Uh, yeah, no doubt, man. Yeah. But sure. yeah, that that's the stuff I like hearing is how uh, how you're pairing the stories with the actual craft itself. It's pretty fun. So um, my girlfriend Emily always tries to get me to tell the story when I'm selling out there. And uh, our wit, uh, when we first started the brewery, uh, you know, Natalie's we kind of beg borrow. Hey, can we come get some of your 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 fresh squeezed? You know, the, the rinds after you squeeze the orange juice out of them. And like, yeah, yeah, we'll just um, so they have these long conveyors going up like this that dump into the back of trucks and they haul them off. Like, yeah, 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 just um we'll not bring one of the trucks in and you guys just run in there and grab what you need to. So you're, we're looking up and this conveyor is dropping the rhinos down. We just have these buckets and we're just catching them as they're falling. And like that was a routine for about six months every Sunday at 7 p.m. We'd be over at Natalie's with these like eventually we got one of those larger um, feed buckets. But like we're just catching the oranges as they're falling. And <laughs> it was just funny, like, man. you know, you look, think about what you did just to get these goddamn rinds from Natalie. You know, it's like, Jesus. So, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, just, just, yeah. I mean, there's, there's stories behind all this stuff and it's just, uh, it's amazing. It really is. Dave, what do you do to take care of yourself, man? Um, to like, make sure that you have the longevity to see this thing through. I mean, what do you do outside of brew good beer? Nowadays, not much. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty much the brewery. I mean, you know, I try and, uh, force myself to go fishing when I mm. am able. Um, and it's just, you just got to make the time, and I've started. That's one of my big things going this year is I have to start making the time for myself, you know, like whether that's waking up an hour earlier to go hit the gym in the morning to make sure I get that in. I mean, I've noticed it recently where you just get so, the, you know, COVID and going into last year, it's just been nonstop, yeah. you know, and I think for a lot of people and the realization of, like, I'm going to really, I need to focus on myself health, take care of my health, you know, because it's mm-hmm. not uh, a sustainable type thing. So, and I think as you kind of get older, you can't, function the way you used to function you know, more yeah. or less so but yeah just trying to make the time honestly at this point and that's really all you can really do yeah balance well, it 100 percent. that's like you, you you we have 24 hours you start to like what do i do with it you know mm-hmm. and it's and it's if you're not getting any more hours it's you have to you have to and the that. easiest thing to sacrifice is sleep sometimes yep. and then before you know it, it's like you know it, it really catches up to you quick yep yep and yeah you yep. really just got you got to take care of yourself and you know, the way I've prioritized it, at least to trick my mind, is like I say, if, well, if I get more sleep, I'll perform better. and I'll get more done in that time. Yep. So yeah. you trick yourself into thinking that. and I mean, it does actually make sense, and you probably do, but it's just, uh, yeah, it's uh, a lot of it's hard to explain, honestly. Yeah, but, I, yeah go ahead. But, uh, I mean, just by the stories you're telling for how your product develops, man, it sounds like you're still uh, you're taking those life experiences and you're tapped in the culture enough, like uh, even with fishing, you know what I mean? Like you're a part of those things and it's feeding into your craft. You know? Yeah. I mean, you just gotta, you gotta live and breathe everything you do. Yeah. And if you're not, uh, if you're an absent 
owner or absent CEO, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it, it's going to show, and you just got to you got to be there. And you know, so I, I always get a lot of times from my significant other of like, hey, you know, you shouldn't be doing this or that. It's like it doesn't matter. I mean, you just got you got to do it. You know, you want to lead by example. You know, and that's the bottom line. And you want to be the first person there, and you want to be the last person to leave sometimes, just to show. You're that, go the distance, yeah, yeah. The, the commitment and, and that instills in everybody else, you know. So yeah. knowing, knowing that you got their back, bottom line. That's what I tell my guys, like, don't be afraid to fail. I'm never going to come down on you. If, it's, it's not, if we can't fix it, it's not a problem. We can fix pretty – we're not building rocket ships, guys. We're making beer. You yeah. know, we can fix pretty much most anything or, you know, decide we don't want to move forward with something. But uh, just – if I know it, I can solve it. But don't lie to me. Don't keep anything from me. Let's just figure it out. You know, I'm not going to come down on you. We make mistakes. If you make mistakes five times in a row, then we're going to have a different conversation. But, you know, people, things do happen. Let's just figure it out and solve it. Mm. You know, that culture of your staff living in fear is not sustainable. And that's no. the last thing I've ever wanted to do is, is that. And you, and, and you lose buy-in. At yeah. That point too, like I mean, you're you're now, a dictator at that point. Now, no one wants to now you have decision. employees. You don't you don't have you don't have a people team. that are yeah that are, you know, yeah. 100%. Yeah, it's a balance too because you need to provide direction. I've I've walked that fine line for a long time, honestly, of the desire to make it a team approach to things. But at the end of the day, some people just want direction. Sure. And you can't make everything a team approach. No. Sometimes, like this is what we're doing. Here's the direction. Here's the vision. You know, it's your job to enforce the vision every yeah. day. And where the team comes in is that this isn't happening without you. Yeah, exactly. You, know? you guys so are all the, the cogs in this thing. Yeah. How do we get it? Here's, here's where we're going. This isn't happening though without you. Thank you. you know, yeah. and, that's, and that's where you make it team. But mm -hmm. yeah, you're right. You have to offer direct. Yeah, I think I, for a while I was trying to pull everybody's buy into things. And I yeah. said, nah, it's because you're never going to get anything done. Yeah, and that was a lesson learned I had with regards to that approach to stuff. Yeah. So it's a balance. Bring, bring us home, Dave. Like, what are you excited about for the future of Sailfish? Yeah, it's, um, God, there's so many things I'm excited about. Um, just continue to grow with our wholesaling partners is probably the most important thing I'm excited about and to see the new things Taylor and their team have done um, uh, with our restaurants going into this year and, and kind of adapting to more of a realization that Florida is seasonal and how do we approach things successfully year-round. Um, but, yeah, you know, just bottom line is just continuing to, if we're going to do something, do it and be as proactive as possible. I mean, like, this is our plan, and we're just we're going to follow through with it. Last thing. I know you said bring it home, <clears throat> but bring us home. And this, uh, <laughs> this, what advice would you give to an entrepreneur who's just, you know, they're, they're scratching their head saying, there's always this thing I've wanted to do, providing it's a good idea. Mm -hmm. um, what advice would you give an entrepreneur starting out, um, you know, kind of going for it the way you did? I mean, I think a lot of it goes back to the person. And I've had a lot of people approach me that want to start businesses and they have that, they still have this employee mentality. You need to shed that, that aspect of things. You That's need good. to own this shit. And if you're going to do it, realize you're going to own it. You have no one to complain to but yourself and, and embrace that, uh, that fortitude to drive forward and just go do it at that point. And it is as goofy as that sounds, just go do it. But like, you know, you need to start making the steps to do it. Um, if you're not there yet and work with the right people and, and honestly develop good mentors, find a good mentor that can help you. And you guys are obviously doing a great job out here, Matt and the whole team. And that's not, not, not all people have access to that, yeah. but a good mentorship program of, you know, you need a mentor. We need also to push you too. Yeah. 
Um, so it's a lot of things. It's not really a cut and dry answer, but the mentorship you provide here is, is imploring people to work with those mentors and, and leverage the experience you have in the, every industry of your whole group here. So that's a huge thing that I wish more people were doing. Well, man, thanks. Uh, thanks for that. Um, and we, we we definitely try hard and, and definitely work toward that. But I think I think your your first thing was correct. Like it's that it's that it's you first. Yeah. Like just 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 do it. Just go for it. It's never going to be perfect. Just just move forward and and continue to move forward. I think that's that's sound advice. Yeah, for sure. Dave, thanks for your time, man. No, I appreciate you guys having yeah. me today. Cheers, brother. You guys Thank have you a good so weekend. Much. Thanks, yep. of course, right. Dave Boucher, everybody. Thank <laughs> you.